Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, mates, to your old-time Radio Monday episode, and I'm your host, The Tale Teller. Today's episode has been a difficult one. With the rain hitting my house pretty hard and knocking the power out intermittently, this is the second time that I've lost my audio. It sucks, I know, but each time I've saved a little bit to progress. What that means is, though, that my mini thank you stories won't be in today, but I'll include the thank yous before I start. I'll be quick so as not to lose this recording as well. Your remastered episodes today are Chandu the Magician and Dangerously Yours. I've been using new software thanks to listeners supporting this show, so I've been able to clean up more than usual. Chandu the Magician, though, goodness, that was the hardest remastering I've ever had to do. So much noise in that one. But Dangerously Yours was cleaned up immensely. I hope you love it. So mates, enjoy your show, and thank you, Morninia, who left an iTunes review last week. I'll be reading out your review next episode. And a massive thank you to my O-Night T-Titans, Majestic Maya, Stupendous Solstra, and a huge thank you to my White Tea Warlords, Brilliant Ion Cows, and Masterclass Lee Bauer. Thank you for your support, mates. And of course, my old grain forces, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, Divided by Zero, Tristan Cassidy, and Dolphin and Cow. All of you are brilliant. If you want to support this show, swing on by www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt. And you can support the show there directly. Every single donation goes right back into production. Now, I'm going to save this work and set it for upload. I'm not sure if you can hear it, but it's bucketing down. Take it easy, and I'll catch you Wednesday, mates. And as always, till next we meet. Chandu, the magician. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The makers of White King Granulated Soap present for your enjoyment tonight and every weekday evening at this time, Chandu, the Magician. Listen, and you will travel to strange lands. You will thrill to high adventure, romance, mystery. The magic of Cairo and Baghdad and the East, with their strange secrets and mysterious ways, will hold you spellbound. And just as you will like our story, so will you like the soap we make. White King Granulated Soap. It is so easy on hands that thousands and thousands of ladies say it's just like magic. There are many tales told on the radio, but only one Chandu. There are many soaps on your grocer's counters, but none like White King. You'll love White King granulated soap. And when you buy White King tomorrow, save the box top and tell your friends to save White King box tops too. Now, let the play begin.
This is the story of Frank Chandler, known in the secret places of the Far East as Chandu, and of his widowed sister, Dorothy Regent, living in Beverly Hills, California, with her son, Bob, and her daughter, Betty. It is twilight as our story begins. Dorothy Regent stands by the window, looking out into the darkening garden. Chandu, the magician. In the living room? In the dark? Didn't Uncle Frank come? Oh, he'll be here in a little while, Betty. I'll turn on some lights. Hey, what gives, Mom? You look kind of funny. Oh, well, you startled me slamming the door. That's all, Bob. Oh, I'm sorry. We were in a hurry to see Uncle Frank. Where is he? He was at the airport when he called. Mother, what's the matter with you? Look, you've torn your handkerchief all to pieces. What? What makes you so jittery? Is Uncle Frank trying to smuggle in a bunch of rubies from India? Oh, Bobby. When did Uncle Frank call you, Mother? He he said his plane had just landed. He had to go through the customs, you know. Well, then what makes you think he'll be here in a few minutes? Did I say that? Mother, you don't usually fall apart like this. Do you know where the airport is, Mom? Of course. In Burbank. Oh, no, it isn't. Not the one where Uncle Frank had to land. What? Well, it's way out in San Bernardino County. I checked on it from school this noon. All the planes from the Orient land there. But that's about 50 miles away. I know it is, Bess. Well, look, Mom. Sit down here and tell us what's the matter. Is it just because Uncle Frank makes you remember Daddy? Oh, gee, I, I didn't think of that. Is that it, Mom? No, no. Why should it be? We know how you feel, Mother. Even if we can't remember Daddy very well. Well, it... It's not that exactly. <laughs> I might have known I couldn't keep anything from you, too. Keep what, Mother? Oh, I can't explain it. All day long, it seemed as if a storm were gathering. Right over this house. But it was a beautiful day. I know. But I've been going to the windows and even out in the garden, looking up, expecting... I don't know what. I, I couldn't seem to help it. Well, I don't see why Uncle Frank coming back would make you think of a storm. I know there's no reason for it, Bob, but I... Mother, was Uncle Frank here when Daddy went away? Don't be a goop. You know he was in India, Betty. Wasn't he, Mom? Yes, he'd gone there from Egypt a year or so before that. Of course I wrote him when I got the news about your father. Didn't you ever hear anything about what really happened to him? To Daddy, I mean? No, dear. He just happened to sail for home on the Athena. When it was sunk, well, all anyone knew was that he wasn't in any of the lifeboats. Oh, I wish I knew why I should have this premonition of... I wish Uncle Frank would get here. That's what I wish. Try not to think about it, Mother. Tell us about Uncle Frank. I can't even remember what he looks like. Oh, I can't either. How old is he, Mom? He's two years older than I am. He's tall, quite good looking. Oh! And I imagine he must be pretty brown after so many years in India. Oh, he sounds marvelous. It'll sure be good to have another man around here, you know that? What do you mean, another man? What do you think I mean? Oh, now, you two. Betty, you better go up and change your dress before Uncle Frank comes. Okay. Gee, I hope you brought me a sari like East Indian women wear. And a veil. They make women look so mysterious. Uh, oh, you make me tired. Go on, Betty. All right. You can change too, Bob. Never mind, I'll answer Hello? Yes? 
Oh, Frank. Where are you? Well, I can't help crying. I know there's no reason for it. I'm I'm listening. You can't possibly get here in less than an hour. The traffic is... Yes, I'll do it, but I... I can't see how. All right. Yes, I will, Frank. I can't wait to see you. What do you want? What do you say? He wants us to draw the curtains and lock all the doors and turn off the lights. Why, for Pete's sake? What's wrong? He didn't say. Maybe he's going to play some kind of a trick. Like he said he used to do when you were a kid. I hope not. Not today. Well, I told him I'd do as he said. I'll see about the back door. You do the curtains, Betty. I'll lock the front door. Okay. I hope Uncle Frank isn't going to turn out to be one of those chintzy characters that hands out trick dribble glasses. Wouldn't that be awful? I don't see why we have to turn the lights off. Well, maybe he didn't mean that. Hey, Mom, does he really want the lights off? Yes, he does, Bob. He said he'd be here in five minutes. Fifty miles in five minutes? Well, that's what he said. So let's just sit down and wait. This better be a very hot gag. Yeah. Imagine if somebody dropped in and found us sitting around in the dark like a bunch of spook hunters. Oh, Betty. I'm sorry, Mother. I didn't mean it that way. I... Listen. What's that? Oh, it's weird, whatever it is. Hey, do you suppose Uncle Frank is really going to... Now you may turn on the lights. Frank! Oh, Frank! Oh, you can't imagine how glad I am to see you. Well, go on, Uncle Frank. Tell us some more about India. Well, let him get his breath, Bob. Estella will bring the coffee into the living room. Yes, come on, Uncle Frank. Well, do we have to get you a mat to sit on, like a yogi? <laughs> there are cigarettes in the blue box, Frank. Thanks, Dad. Mother looks a lot better since Uncle Frank came by. Yeah, I know it. What are you two plotting over there? Oh, nothing. Uncle Frank, do you know any of those fabulous Indian princes all weighted down with diamonds and rubies? Well, I've met one or two, Betty. Did you ever shoot a tiger? Well, I wasn't in India for sports, you know, Bob. Well, did you spend all the time learning to do things like getting into houses with the doors locked? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Aren't you two overdoing this a little? Well, he still hasn't told us how he got in here, Mom. Yes, how did you do it? I'm afraid you'd find it a little hard to understand, Betty. Well, if you won't tell us, do another trick for us, huh? Make a rope stand up alone, or... Or a rope bush grow right up in a flower pot. You know. Yes, I know. Those things are the stock and trade of every wandering park here in India. You just wait until my luggage comes. Gee, do oh, we do have to now, wait? Huh? Come on, Uncle Frank. <laughs> oh, all right. Here's a little ivory box that was given me by an Egyptian sorceress. Oh, come now, Frank. It's true, Don. Although she was more than that. I happened along one dark night... Time to save her life in Alexandria. She said the box had occult properties. Oh, a delicate carving. Can I see it, Uncle Frank? Well, how does it open? Just press on the front under the center of the lid. Oh, it's empty. Close the box again. And Betty, mm-hmm. you take it and hold it between your hands. Like this? Mm-hmm. Now, Dorothy, you put your hands over hers. Why, Frank? You'll see. All right. Open the box. Oh, 
Why, there's a ring inside now. Say, not bad, Uncle Frank. Take it out, Mother. Yes, now, it's for you. Well, where was the ring before when we opened the box? <laughs> you wanted to see a trick, didn't you? Oh, but I don't. <laughs> the ring's real, Dot. Put it on. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you, Frank. I'm glad you like it. Oh, I do. How about another oh, trick, yes, Uncle Frank? No, no more of it tonight. Uncle Frank and I have all sorts of things to talk about. Oh, oh Mother. Frank. Did you come back from India on business? Not ordinary business, Dot. There is something I have to do, though. Tonight. Oh? Uh, Bob, bring me that black bag over there, will you? You bet, sure. I didn't see this thing before. Sure is heavy. What's in it? A crystal ball. Here, yeah, thanks. I'll put it here on the coffee table. All right, pull up your chairs, all of you. You're not serious, Frank. Indeed I am. And I'll just turn off some of the lights. Again? Frank, I really don't like this. I've had the strangest feeling all day that something's going to happen. And what I... if it is a gag, Mother? Let's go along with it. It's no gag, Bob. All right, everybody. Look into the crystal. Look, Dot. Hey, there's that funny sound again. There's something in the crystal. It looks like clouds. It is clouds. Over a big lake. You're looking at Dell Lake in the Valley of Kashmir. In India? Honestly? Lotus flowers. What's that ahead of us there? The houseboat. And, and there's an old man sitting cross-legged on the deck. Who is it, Uncle Frank? Watch closely now. Oh, there's another man with his back to us. With a, a sun helmet on his head. Talking to the old man. Frank, it's you. The other man is you. My son. Listen, Dorothy. Listen. You came to tell me you are returning to America. Something tells me I should go back, my teacher. You do well to heed the inner voice. Sit here beside me and look. Tell me what you see. Hey, he's got a crystal ball just like this one. And Uncle Frank's looking into it. What did you see, Uncle Frank? I saw this house. And you. All of you. You did? But why did you jump up like that? My son! Wait, Dot. I want you to hear this. Do not fear for those you love. Have I not given you the three secrets? Yes, my teacher. I know them now. They should be enough. But now I give you the most precious gift. The emerald casket of the three times three. But it is yours, my teacher. I need it no longer. I am going to a higher place. Take the casket. And remember, there is danger in all knowledge. But in fear is the greatest peril. I know. Still, I... Hesitate to take the emerald. It is written that you have taken it. For countless ages it has been written, my son. Guard the secrets well. I will. And use them only for good. I'm sorry to say goodbye to you, my teacher. There is no goodbye, my son. Yet there's a shadow across the water. Yes, you I feel it too. Hey, Mom, you're here now over in India. Oh, I don't care what you say. I feel a cold wind on the back of my neck. What does it mean, Frank? What does it mean? 
pause before we say good evening to suggest that you and your family listen to Chandu every weekday evening at this time. Travel with us to strange places and faraway lands into the mystery and intrigue of Egypt and the Near East. Dangerously Yours. Dangerously Yours. A half hour of romance and adventure brought to you at this time each Sunday by the Vic Chemical Company. And today, bringing you a special short version of Masquerade, an exciting tale of espionage in the Budapest of 1915. I am adventure. In my name, men have traversed the highways, the byways, the skyways of the world. I have tramped the jungles with explorers. I have ridden the wilderness road on horseback and in covered wagons. I have gone 20,000 leagues under the seas and many leagues above them. I have been the fire of Captain Kidd and Walter Raleigh and John Paul Jones and Francois Villon. That fire that burns in the heart of youth, that makes men dream and dare and conquer. I am the spirit of romantic adventure. I am dangerously yours. Today, follow me to a dark room in the Europe of 25 years ago, where a woman sits looking across a desk into eyes that are focused on history. Masquerade! And so, my Countess Rashola, you have our reasons for choosing you for this mission. You are very young, you are clever, and you are very beautiful. Because of your youth, you should be exceptionally valuable to us. I am at your command, Excellency. From now on, you'll forget my title. In all our communications, you will address me as Mr. Kolenkov. Now, let us get on to facts. I hope the Count will not be too difficult for you. He's a shrewd man. And when you have obtained the information, you will conceal the message in this silver pencil. Send it to me immediately. Trust no one. We rely on your discussion. I understand. Very well. Now, in these papers, you will find all the necessary information about Count Estefan. It has already been arranged just how you will meet him. Tonight, you will take the train to Budapest. Madame. Have my bag sent to suite 913. Yes, please. Good evening, Countess Rishola. Good evening. Welcome back, Countess Rishola. Thank you, Baudrey. Our table for one, madame? Is Count Estefan dining? Oh, he's at the table by the window, madame. I told Benson my price was five thousand dollars. This morning, when I was riding in the park, I saw Duffy on the bridle path, and he was. 
I beg your pardon, madame. Here is the necklace and the rings and the bracelet you gave me, Luigi. Take them back. I'm through. Well, just a moment, madame. You've made a... Uh, madame, wait. Can I be of service, Count Estefan? Did you see the young lady who stopped at my table? Yes. She left these jewels. I don't understand. Uh, do you know who she is? She is the Countess Rishola. Uh, she's in suite 913. <laughs> Madame, you have made a mistake. My name is not Luigi. I have never seen you or these jewels before. I know. Won't you come in, Count Estefan? You... you know who I am? But of course. You were the most handsome man in the dining room. And I was very lonely. So I thought tonight I will have an adventure. I will make the acquaintance of the distinguished Count Estefan. How do you know my name? It was not difficult to find out. How did you know I wouldn't run off with your jewels? I took that chance. Besides, they're insured. <laughs> Are you angry? <laughs> no, I am not angry. If some kind fate wishes to send a beautiful lady to dine with me, I can only be grateful. You will do me the honor, won't you, madame? I shall be delighted. What would you like for dinner? What does a count eat? Pheasant's wings and peacock's breasts and... <laughs> what do you usually eat? <laughs> what does a countess usually eat? Almost anything. Well, then, uh, how about roast beef? <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's right up, face your gun. And watch Mademoiselle in the red hat shoot the little clay pigeon. Step right up. I'll never be able to hear a thing. Don't let me down before all these people. I'll try. Oh, heaven! Hand the little lady down a dancing dog. <laughs> Look, Catherine, a shooting star. Did you wish? Oh, I didn't have time. And there is something you wish for. Yes. What did you wish? I was wishing that we were two other people. Two people who need not say goodbye. Perhaps it can be that way. Forgive me, Your Lordship, but I'm not easy in my mind about this business. Oh, I wish you wouldn't go to see that woman tonight, sir. How could I stay away? Elbert, for the first time in my life, I'm completely head over heels in love. But, Count Estefan, I... know what you're thinking. I have a mission to perform, and I have no right to fall in love. But things don't always work out the way we'd like to have them work out, eh, Elbert? Oh, I don't know what's to come of all this, sir. No, Elbert, neither do I. Neither do I. But perhaps we shall find out tonight... I've received a message for you from Mr. Kolenkov. What is it? He said that you must obtain our information immediately. That you've taken too long. You ought to get it tonight. Tonight? Mr. Kolenkov has been lenient with you because this is your first mission. But he will not be lenient any longer. It is not wise to anger Mr. Kolenkov. He is a dangerous enemy. Forgive me, Catherine. I was sent to serve you as a maid, not to give you advice. You're right. Don't worry. The mission will be completed tonight. You have the silver pencil? Yes. Then I will wait for you at the appointed place. Do not fail us. The mission will be completed tonight. Uh -huh.
Catherine, I offer you the three things most dear to me. My heart, my country, and my dream. You are too generous. Catherine, you must listen to me. Since that first hour we met, I've been completely yours. There's never been anyone else for me. There never will. Oh, please, please don't say any more. There are worlds between us, worlds that can't be bridged with words. You said one night that you wished we were two different people. I think you may have that wish, Catherine. Well, what do you mean? Only that my country is close to its victory and may not need so much of my service any longer. Close to victory? I'm going to tell you something tonight, Catherine. Something that will put my life in your hands. Life? It would mean my life were the news to get to certain circles, yes. Then don't tell me. How do you know you can trust me? I love you. And I believe you love me. You're quite wrong. This has been only an adventure to me. That isn't true, Catherine. It is true. You smiled at me. I was flattered. It was an adventure for a holiday mood. You may as well take my heart, Catherine. It's already full of you. You walked into it the day we met. You're a fool, Rudolf Estefan. <laughs> but isn't any man who falls in love? Do you know what you are to me? You're something to believe in again. You're a type of person that had ceased to exist for me. A fine and honest woman. Oh, my darling, you're such a child. Take your foolish little dream in your heart and go. Please go. What is it? What's wrong, my dear? You know nothing about me. You've known me only three weeks. Three weeks? Catherine, I've known you all my life. All your life. It's true. I've seen you in a thousand plays, read you in as many books. When I've heard beautiful music, I've thought she'd like that. I've looked at flowers and known that one day I'd give them to oh, you. Oh, stop, stop. You must listen to me. I'm not that woman. Perhaps I was once, but I'm not now. You see, you were wrong. You can't trust me. Are you trying to tell me that someone whose name we both know and won't mention sent you? What are you saying? You see, I've known all along. I had Albert look you up the day you arrived. And it, it didn't make any difference? It didn't make any difference. You see, I trust you. You came here to betray me and to betray my country. That is your mission, Countess Richula. And yet I am so sure of your love that I will trust you with my life and what is far more valuable, the life of my country. I will betray you. If you do, you will betray yourself at the same time. Yes. Yes, I know. So you shall know my secret. Even now, as we sit here, there is a great network growing tighter around the foremost nations of the world. Treaties, pacts, alliances being formed against the man who sent you. Tonight, I will sign a pact that will set the wheels in motion to destroy him. Destroy him? No. He's made a great many mistakes. The greatest of all was sending you here, Catherine. Why? He knew I should love you. But he did not guess that you would fall in love with me. No. He didn't guess that. Then you do see that you cannot betray him. If I betray you, I betray myself. If I betray him, I betray my country. My country is very dear to me. Dearer than I? No. No, not dearer than you. Then, will you help me defeat him? Help you? Defeat him? By telling me his plans. That's the only way I can hope to defeat him. We can't both win. You'll see, Catherine. I'm 
beginning to see. Then you will help me. By giving you any information I may possess concerning our plans? Yes. You're very clever, aren't you? Oh, I can read you like a book now. You thought I was young and easily swayed. That you could make me love you. And I would throw over my country, my duty for you. That's not the way to look at it, Catherine. You weren't so wise after all. Because you've lost, you hear me? Lost. You guessed wrong in our little duel of wits. You forgot how close hate is to love. You don't know what you're saying, Catherine. You never loved me. You knew that I loved you, and you used that. Catherine, stop talking like a child. We're playing for countries now. Yes, we are, aren't we? This is a gun in my hand, Rudolph. I'd advise you to be careful what you say. Well, rather melodramatic, aren't you? Tell me, will I be the seventh notch on the gun or the eighth? <laughs> you mind if I smoke? Smoke? I always smoke at the theater. Somehow it enhances the performance. You can do anything you please, Rudolph. But you have very little time to do it in. You mean you're actually going to kill me? I mean just that. Well, go ahead. I'll do this my own way. Look, you already know my purpose in being here. Now you will either give me my information or I will kill you. You have until nine o'clock. You won't do it. You can't pull the trigger. You can't pull it because you love me. It takes a very brave and a very cold woman to do that, Catherine. I don't think you can. Isn't that true? Isn't that why you're waiting? That's not true. Or is it that you want to watch your victim? You want my heart constrict with agony, my hands to shake. You want me to plead for my life so you can make a generous gesture and spare me. Sorry, Catherine, I don't seem to be in the mood for prayers tonight. You don't think I'll do it. That's why you're so brave. You don't think I'll do it. You wouldn't be so brave otherwise. You're a coward at heart. You lied to me. You deceived me. You tried to deceive me. I'm tired of listening to you. You gave me your heart, you know. You'd like me to hand it back whole again. But I won't. You live a long time, yet, Catherine, an eternity without me. You will look into the faces of passers-by, hoping for something that will, for an instant, bring me back to you. You will find moonlit nights strangely empty, because when you call my name through them, there will be no answer. Always your heart will be aching for me, and your mind will give you the doubtful consolation that you did a brave thing. You dare to talk of bravery. What else do we have to talk about, Catherine? For me, there will never be another woman but you. But for my heart, there is another love that must come before you. My country. You are so still. Your face is like ice. What are you thinking, Catherine? What does anything you can say matter? You betrayed me with words. What good are words? Your heart is breaking. If I fail now, I should deserve to die. You tricked me into loving you. Aren't you forgetting that you came here for the same purpose? I couldn't have betrayed you. I tried to tell you. You said you already knew. I was as honest as I knew how to be. Do you think I wanted to love you? Knowing where you came from and what your mission was? Don't you suppose that every hour we were together I was thinking she's just pretending? I wasn't. I loved you. And I loved you so much I let you pretend. Because you brought something to my days I 
couldn't stand the thought of losing. Listen to your heart, Catherine. Feel it pounding. Your time is up. Then my last words. I love you, Catherine. You're determined to die with a lie on your lips. I love you, Catherine. Oh, God. Albert. Albert. Where are you, sir? I heard a shot. Help me up. I'll be all right. Help me up. Oh, I knew you should never have come here. I'll get a doctor. No, 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 no. No, it's too late. I waited right by the door like you told me to, sir. The other woman went downstairs about ten minutes ago. Please let me get a doctor, sir. No, no. I I want you to send a message, though, at once. The usual destination. Yes, sir. Kalenkov. The masquerade is over. X-32 reports that Countess Richelieu is trustworthy and loyal. You may entrust in her care any documents. She will not betray you. Report case 255 closed. X-32. Conceal it as usual, Albert, in the silver pencil. Please let me call her back. You must tell her the truth before it's, before it's too late. Tell her the truth? Tell her the truth so that she will watch the stars through tears instead of following the one cold star that is her destiny? No, no, Albert. Let her think I never loved her. One day, she will follow a flag to the same fate as mine. We must leave her the strength for that hour. I am adventure. Today you have shared the adventure of Masquerade with me. Next week I bring you Jungle Harvest, take you to the tropic paradise of Samburan to share the adventure of a gentle, peace-loving man, suddenly forced to pit his wits against the sinister and the dangerous in order to save his own life and the life of the girl he loves. Until then, I am dangerously yours.